Aloha. Welcome to the Live Ukulele podcast. My name is Brad Bordessa, and on the show today, got a fun interview with Craig Chi and Sarah Mizell. They are the ukulele community's premier duo, working together, kicking ass, taking names, doing amazing things in the community. And they're living out in Hawaii now, so I kind of have that local connection with them at this point, and it's really wonderful to see all of the things they are doing for the Hawaii ukulele scene and for the ukulele community in general. They have a lot to offer, and it was really great to catch up with them and talk story. If you like what you hear, please head over to liveukulele.com. This is the home of my teaching. There's a giant library of free ukulele lessons you can check out. Or you can go to liveukulele.com slash store and see if there are any ebooks or video lessons that suit your fancy. You can buy one of these, take home some amazing world-class ukulele instruction to learn something new and inspiring. And at the same time, you support what I do here on the podcast and all the time that I put into creating free resources. If you don't follow me on YouTube, I'm not a super duper YouTuber, but I just threw up a new video, a long new video, all about plugging in your ukulele and how to get the best sound out of equipment, how to get the best equipment to create a really professional, high quality sounding ukulele tone when you go out and you play live. It's a little bit more for advanced players who are, you know, stepping out onto the stage and performing more, but hopefully anybody would find it kind of interesting, maybe some food for thought. And while you're over there, be sure to subscribe and see what else I'm up to. I'm going to try and start leveraging the YouTube a little bit more and putting up some videos. I know I always say that, but I've kind of got a setup here on my desk that seems like it's it's easy to just put up and record, which is half the battle. It's hard to get out tripods and light stands and everything. And if it's all just right here and you just turn it on, a lot easier to jump in and just make a video. Anyways, let's get to the conversation. I'm going to put links in the podcast description to most everything that we talk about, but specifically for a way, several ways that you can donate to the wildfire relief on Maui, because we talked about that quite a bit in the interview. Your donations are greatly appreciated and continue to be important. It's a long road to recovery and you know it's out of the news cycle and everything but it's very much still a reality here and people who even haven't lost their homes i know are still not able to return to their homes so like best case scenario is still highly impacting the lives of those folks over there and of course worst case scenario is just devastation and anything that you can contribute super greatly appreciated and hopefully what Craig and Sarah share can be informative for you folks on that front. Anyways, here we go. Craig Chi and Sarah myself. Awesome. So what are you guys up to? What's like what's new? You just did the Maui thing, which was a major success. And oh and, and thank you again for for kind of being such a great resource to ask questions and, and, and being a part of it as well. Thank you so much, Brad. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, of yeah. Because that was definitely like a massive undertaking and we had such a short amount of time to put it together. So it was just like, okay, let's just you know, luckily, Craig gave us a little bit of time because I was thinking, we need to do it now. And Craig was like, no, 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 you should hold off a little bit so that, you know, because you know, with the news cycle and stuff, it's like, let's give it a little bit more time and also um, research a little bit more like who we who it would benefit and stuff so that we could really make sure that, you know, and we chose Maui Food Bank uh, because they are, they are there in the trenches doing it and um, it. Yeah, they're doing amazing work and they're helping everyone on the island, farmers as well as individuals. And it's, yeah. Wonderful. And how much did you guys end up sending their way? 
a hun- over a hun- just a shy over one hundred thirty five thousand dollars, so and then we also sent forty thousand dollars to the um, the Maui Strong. F- no, 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 not Maui Strong. I'm so sorry. Forty thousand dollars went to the Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement uh, Kakoo Fund, that Maui fund, and then we sent another six thousand to the Maui Strong Fund. That was from a Steve Grimes Uke. That sold at auction. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for putting yeah. all that together. Is there still a chance for people to donate through what you're doing, or is that passed and they should just donate directly? So at this point, donate directly. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do a follow up um, because, again, as you know, like once things are out of the news cycle, it, it's everything slows down. So our our goal is is to do another event um, a little bit later and and. Uh, you know, like a follow-up, you know, explain where, where money has been going, what the needs are currently at that time, um, and hopefully we'll get another big push. But at, at this point, um, you know, we, we realize there's power in, in numbers of, of doing things at once, right? So we don't necessarily want to just say, oh, keep contributing to this. We want to be able to, to say, you know, contribute if you want directly, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll try to do another big group effort kind of thing uh, down the road so that we can all come together again for that. And I do want to point out too, that that 135,000, like all of this money that I'm talking about, it didn't only come from Craig and I, like this was an effort. So we had our concert, that music of meals for Maui that you were a part of. There was also a online silent auction that was hosted by the ukulele site. Our nonprofit, Four Strings at a Time, was a fiscal sponsor, which is why we are the ones that are giving the funds out. Um, but it's just, it's the, and, you know, a huge thank you to all of the amazing luthiers that have been donating, donating instruments. I know Andrew's planning on a few more instruments going to Maui that we will be helping handle. Um, so there will be more auction items coming. Um, and just... It was it was players, it was retailers, it was uh, luthiers, it was clubs. It, I mean, it's encompassed the whole community, and that's something that I am truly proud of. Uh, the fact that it's yes, Craig and I got to be vehicles to kind of get this thing going and push it, but it really took everyone, not just us. Well, what I love about this event too is that it, it really was that that kind of grassroots, yeah. <laughs> like again, like you had you had. Professional players like Jake, you know, and, and and Brian, guys that came down, and and you also had clubs that were raising money, you know, gigging out on the streets and then donating it during the live stream. Uh, the live stream, uh, it was just amazing to see all that. And I love that we did. I mean, I, you know, I love having the auction, but again, it, it the auction is like you know, fifteen people get to 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 it's participate, true. It's kind true. of. Thing. But 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 allowing those who have the means to help and then having the the live stream where you know people are donating like five dollars or ten dollars at a time which added up so quickly and it was amazing so that that was so cool to have you know the whole spectrum uh, of support well huge kudos to you guys and um i certainly look forward to kind of an add-on event that'll follow that up because (laughs) you know as as you folks obviously have got in your heads you know it's going to be a long road and Whatever it's it's good to yeah. keep it kind of front and center for as long as we can, I think, as opposed to because we we yeah. can counteract that new yeah. cycle that has all but forgotten yeah. it by now. Yes. So, well, and honestly, this is something that I mean, you understand and know that this is going to be years of recovery. Like this is there's no fast fix for rebuilding a whole city. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And interesting enough, though, like at this point too, it, it is amazing to see the ukulele. Being a tool for recovery and it, healing, and healing, yeah, it, it, it I, I did not expect to to see that so uh, just already popping up, and and the, the great work that Jason is doing down there, and the great work that oh yeah, Jason Jerome, yeah, I mean, behind the music, a lot of them are, are doing using music and using the ukulele um, in such great ways uh, for people who are going through so much. You know, not only rebuilding their physical, you know, houses and and storefronts and 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 businesses, but rebuilding their their themselves. <laughs> you know, so it's it's yeah. amazing to to again we we because we get it. You know, like we anyone who who has music part of their lives understand how big of an impact it can have, and to see that being used right away for 
you know, recovery has been absolutely incredible. So I know there's more ways that we can help. And I know there's more ways for us to get involved. Um, and even if we can't, you know, we don't have the know-how to rebuild a, a house or, right. or a building, but we can help on the other side of it for sure. Nice. So what are you guys up to now that that has kind of the dust has settled from that? you have anything interesting going on? Well, I mean, I mean, it's hard to top that. You probably, I was like, you probably know we have like a lot, a lot of <laughs> sticks in the fire, right? Or I forget what, how the phrase goes, but um, Craig, did you want to be on camera at all for this? Well, well part, I got to say, first of all, <clears throat> I'm sorry for it. We have a little bit of a cough. We've been trying to to figure out um, how to evade all the plagues that Cameron is bringing uh, home with him um, from preschool. Our three-year-old. <laughs> That's tricky. It's it's rough. It's so rough. <laughs> Every week, a new plague comes through the house. Um, so I apologize for sounding a little bit hoarser than normal. Um, and there's some crazy winds going on too. So if you hear like chunks of trees falling on the, the roof, or oh, we've got we've got the I, I, rain are, here finally, which is yeah, it's oh like not good for podcasting, but it's so needed. <laughs> Right. Yes, that's and true. like, but yeah, the last, I mean, the house was shaking. It was just like, and we woke up, then we spent the morning cleaning up and, uh, outside because it's just, there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> uh, so it's super, super windy today. So that's also why you might see me kind of go, oh, what was that? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I think we can talk a little bit about four strings at a time. Oh, yeah. So we actually, uh, crazily enough, we turned in all of our paperwork to the IRS on August 8th, a date that will live in infamy for the islands. Uh, it was the date that the fires began here, uh, at least not here, but on Maui. Um, we turned in all of our paperwork to the IRS. And because we had turned the paperwork in, though we don't have our 501c3 status yet, our 501c3 status yet, um, we were still able to help put things on because it's retroactive once you receive your status. So um, that's why we were able to do what we did. Um, and so we're still waiting on uh, the final yes. Um, I feel pretty confident that we will get it. So I'm not too worried about that. But our new nonprofit is called Four Strings at a Time. We have a lot of big plans for the future for it. Um, but basically, our focus is really um, engaging, educating, and enriching uh, just people of all ages around the world through music and the ukulele. And with that, you know, the ukulele encompasses more than just the instrument. It also encompasses Hawaii and the culture here. And so something that we think is very important to our mission is making sure that people understand the instrument's history if and they understand many clubs play uh, songs from here and being able to, you know, really educate them on what are the songs about? How do you pronounce the songs? How do you really play the songs? Because sometimes, you know, as, you know, it's kind of like a game of telephone. Some songs kind of change and some minor chords get added that aren't traditionally there. But just good for them to know, right, like where these songs come from. The history and the stories are very important. I mean, the fact that, you know, it was all oral history for so, so long, um, and it's just, again, very important. And that's part of our, part of our mission. Well, that's, that. that's wonderful. Thank you for, for doing that. How have you found being in Hawaii is Sarah? Cause you're not from here originally, as far as I know. What, <laughs> nope. How has it changed your perspective as an ukulele player? Moving here and living here, I feel a deeper need to become more educated myself and to be i don't know i have this i have this feeling where even though i am not of these islands when we leave i need to make sure that i represent this place well and that um that's part of why education is so important to me is just making sure that you know I do things correctly. Um, I respect this place and this land uh, even more so now that I live here. And to me, that's just something that uh, I feel 
very, very strongly about um, and kind of spearheads how I look at things and do things here. Um, and also how we're raising Cameron, our son. You know, we we make sure it's, you go to the beach, you make sure you take time to clean up. You see trash in the park, you pick it up. You take care of the land and you take care of this place because it's very special. Um, so it's been, I feel for myself because of being with Craig, someone who is from here and being friends with so many amazing people, including uh, folks uh, who are Native, I feel the transition for me has been probably easier than for some because I can ask questions and I can I can be uh, educated very quickly on things because of the friends that we have. And I'm very, very grateful. Awesome. And so Craig has been like the the steward helping you figure all this out and navigate it a little bit. No, not really. To, to in a sense where, like, for example, like I mean, Sarah ha- has took it upon herself to to like what what app are you using right now? Oh yeah, oh Duolingo. But, <laughs> but I've been doing I've been working on Olelo Hawaii because it's important to be able to pronounce things correctly and to be able. And I've worked with Lena and Hale mm-hmm. Lena girl Hale Hakusibari has been really really helpful. Kama Hopkins, yeah. like people helping me to make sure that you know I pronounce things correctly and I do things. But that again, are this is correct. not you know something that that anyone told Sarah to do, but. And, and again, as tired and as busy as we are, she still does like 15, 20 minutes every single night. I mean, it, 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 that's how important it is for Sarah. And and for me as well, it, it's, you know, part of the responsibility that I felt um, that I had. Um, and, you know, this is even when I first met Sarah, like when th- this kind of shaped my career a lot in the sense where... <clears throat> when I was lucky enough to kind of jump into the ukulele circuit uh, a little bit early in my career, and I got to meet Herbert Jr. in um, Australia, Cairns, Australia, for their big ukulele festival there. Um, you know, he asked me if I wanted to join him. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, what's going on? Because, you know, there's all these big performances all around and, you know, all these events and, and radio interviews and TV spots. And he's like, no, no, come, I'm, I'm going to go you know, play for the hospital. I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds great. And so I went and, you know, I, I was talking to the uh, the festival head on the way down and she's like, yeah, her, this was, Herb said he'd, you know, do the event, but he we had to make sure we had time to, to play for people at the hospital. And he said, you know, no publicizing that part of it at all. No no photos or, or, or TV. And, and seeing him play and and give his time and and talents and and it it was such a big pivotal moment for me to to showcase how much we can do with this instrument you know it wasn't just about the performing it wasn't just about you know the teaching and it it completely changed my mindset at that point and luckily it was early in my career where I, I saw that right away and you know, because a lot of times when we're starting something new like that, we we feel like we we have to like keep pushing hard and 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 you know get to that main stage quicker and all that kind of stuff. And, and this was such a, a big moment. And uh, part of my responsibility from then on too was was you know realizing that I am not the best ukulele player or the best ukulele teacher, but I was lucky enough that this ukulele took me around the world it, it introduced me to my now future wife and we have a child because of the ukulele and i always wanted to give opportunities to people from hawaii that never got a chance to experience the things that i, I got to so you know we used to even in san diego we used to you know give loan out our uh, car to to ukulele people coming up and, and doing tours and you know, taking that that expense out of the equation for them, um, or or hosting them and and helping them connect with with you know a lot of the events that we used to do. Um, so moving down here, you know, we still you know have that 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 goal and that that responsibility and and to help showcase the amazing talent that's here that a lot of people don't get a chance to see. So I mean, that's a, a big reason why we started the backyard concert series. Um, is not only to showcase you know the the top talent here, but also the up and coming artists, and we're 
you know, with the nonprofit side as well, there's going to be a lot more opportunities that we're trying to create uh, to, again, feature the amazing, amazing talent um, that a lot of artists have here, but just for whatever reason have never been given those opportunities to, to play out past uh, just being here in Hawaii. Nice. So who are some talented up and coming artists that you guys are excited about? Cause I'm, oh I'm God. super out of the loop. And, um, <laughs> and also uh, my girlfriend is always asking like, why aren't there more women ukulele players? So specifically Sarah, yes. who are you most excited about on, on that side? Who is, who's really kicking it and you know, who do we watch out for? Honestly, as far as there's okay, ukulele ladies, there's there's so many wonderful ones, but there are some that I feel like n- they are known here, but they need to be more worldwide. And uh, one of them I feel is Raya Helm. She is phenomenal. She is very well known here, but I feel like on the mainland and in Europe and in England, like she should go. Out or I'm sure that she's been she has to have been invited by places, but I'm just like I want to see her go out and I want to see her go and share because she has so much to share. Yes, she might be doing mostly strumming, but just the knowledge that she has and the history and the culture and everything like that should be shared. Um, as far as like somebody who's like all up and down the fretboard, I'm sorry, but Carly G needs to get out there. She is so phenomenal. And like she is she's young. She's a fantastic songwriter. I want to see her pushing out and going out. She's in school right now. That's, <laughs> that's why she's not. But like, you know, Craig and I have told her, like, you let us know. At least ukulele circuit-wise, we can help. But I feel like she's somebody that could do uh, you know, larger venues and stuff because she's just she's so massively talented in many different facets not just her fantastic playing um who else craig because i know there's like i can think of like kalae camarillo you probably know right that's another person that's like i want him to travel i want him to go places he has so much to share and his family's legacy of education is also like well even i mean we're going back to the ladies we know jiggy uh oh jiggy as well yeah 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 yeah. i mean she is super talented super talented um she's on the mainland if i remember right and we have uh, again like honaka's doing amazing things and and branching out from her uh comfort zone as well by doing more singing yep and Um, writing yeah so i mean there's there's Again, I feel we were lucky when you and I first kind of branched out into the the, the circuit. It, it just gave us, again, so many opportunities to hone our craft. Um, so again, and it's sad because after the pandemic, there's a lot of events that kind of folded up. Uh, so again, that's why it's important for us to kind of help create those opportunities. Um, Anthony Fluke. Oh, dude, that guy. Such a... An amazing surprise, and he was recommended um, by Kalae, and so he was featured in the the music for and meals for Maui. But he is he is gonna he is gonna be a rock star. That guy is awesome. He like his his performance the because he's a I think he's still doing Hawaiian studies right now. Um, but he I just I had chicken skin during his performance. Like it was just one of those things where I was like, oh. Oh, this is really, this is really, really special. Yeah. And like, it just, yeah, he definitely, he embodies an old soul, I feel, mm-hmm. uh, with just how he is, um, even though he's really young, but he just, he he has that old soul feeling that is really special. Well, you have Calais and Corey now traveling more because of Anui Nui. Um, and they're going to shake up the festival scene for sure. I Hopefully. Mean, yeah, that, that's going to yeah. be fantastic. Because many people know Calais because he's been doing stuff for a while. Um, but if it's him and Corey, it's like a whole other level of just like, yeah. oh. Well, that's always surprised me about Corey <laughs> is he's just insane. He's just, you know, at a yeah. whole other level. And, and he just sits in the shop yeah. and he plays for andrew's cameras and like that's the end of <laughs> yeah. the story like what are you doing dude but yeah. at the same time like, you get know, out gotta respect that humble humble nature 
Yeah, he they just came up with us to the LA Ukulele Festival, and it, nice. you know, I, I loved seeing Corey's face um, because a lot of people were coming up to him and, and oh, saying, yeah. "Oh, we we saw you, you know, we we've been watching you play for years, and you know, thank you so much." And he was just blown away by the support because again, unless you get out there, you don't know, you know, who's watching you and 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 your impact. And he's had such a big impact on people, so it was ne- it was really neat to see him realize that for the first time. Yeah. He's touched a lot of lives and he doesn't even know it. Yep. It's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you mentioned cans. I learned, I have, I just got a, um, <laughs> a, a new student um, who is Maori nice. and from, and lives in Australia now. And she told me it's like sardine cans, but even though it reads yeah. very differently, <laughs> sardine cans. Okay. I, I got like, it. Um, I but she said that that's where you folks first met. Would you relay that story? And then I believe in the timeline that we kind of first met at Elaine's thing down in Pune shortly at thereafter, I think, but please correct. So, me. okay. Here's the, here's the timeline. So Craig and I were both getting instruments made by a man named Michael Da Silva in Berkeley. I, at the time, was playing low G. I was asking Michael, hey, I'm trying to find an unwound low G that isn't too floppy. Do you have any ideas? He said, oh, I know this guy. His name is Craig G. Why don't you contact him? I emailed Craig, and Craig very kindly uh, mailed me some PhD strings by Jason Arimoto. And I was like, great, thank you so much, random person I do not know. <laughs> then we actually met face-to-face in L.A. at the NAM show because Craig lived in Oregon and I lived in San Diego. So we met in L.A. Um, we, we, liked, like, we liked each other, but it wasn't like, a, like oh, that's going to be my husband. It was just like, oh, yeah, you're cool. Oh, you play great. Okay, awesome. And then um, we parted. But Gabby from Cannes, who used to run that festival, um, actually hired me to do the festival. He was going to be there. So then I think. No, that's not the timeline. So what timeline was after we got introduced, um, I was actually starting to put together an ukulele cruise. Oh, that was before? Yeah. Well, I thought, okay. And and because so, so I, I reached out and we realized that year we were doing a lot of domestic work together. Um, and the and the international because we did cans that same year because that was the year Gabby was at Nam. We had a lot of gigs to do together. Yeah, so a lot of it was um, you know oh we should collaborate a bit and you know uh, it just we might as well you know maximize our, our our time in all these different places and it was it was fantastic and because um, yeah Gabby we we I I helped bring Sarah down for the Australia and Sarah helped bring me up to the UK. Yeah. That same year, I think, but that was also the same year as Elaine. No, Elaine Zing was the next year. That's where we met, where we met you, Brad. Yeah. And Craig and I had like just started dating when you met us. Oh, okay. So in Cannes, we weren't dating yet. People were asking Craig about his girlfriend and his wife. Both Craig and I were laughing that off while we were in Cannes, saying, Psh, there's well, no well, way. I remember we laughing because we're like, oh, yeah, look at these idiots that are dating in the same, you know. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> or, oh, they're so dumb. They're That's so never going to work. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that I don't like you like that. And then um, we had worked together for a year. And then something switched. And then we en- we uh, started dating. And then that event was the first event, the one uh, on Big Island was the first event where we were actually like officially an item, if I remember right. Or was it um, uh, Florida? And uh, now I don't remember. Like I remember, wise. I remember like people like freaking out. Like, oh I- no, 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 Florida, Florida was uh, later because okay. um, that that's in November. Oh yeah, this yeah, one yeah, was yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that, by the way. Like big, like. Where where was that Puna you said? Yeah, what is that? Um Kalani? Was that the place? It was it was so beautiful. Like I just remember and that was my first time ever in Hawaii. Mm. And it was just like, holy moly, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I loved I know the Koki frogs bother a lot of people, but I actually really liked them. 
but they are pretty obnoxious. But <laughs> they it get was pretty loud. Very neat to be sleeping and hearing all of the little. It was super cool. <laughs> They're coming for you guys. Just you wait. <laughs> I know. I know. They're going to hop on this island. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, yeah. that's fun. Thank you for that. But the, Craig, uh, Craig did actually get my engagement ring in cans. So I think you and do we do cans two years in a row, Craig, or we just did it once and then you went and got the ring. I don't remember now. I don't know. But he wasn't. He was invited. Um, I was not, which was totally fine. Um, he went back. I think to actually be the be a photographer more so than to do um, performance. I think you still did some. I think I, it was mainly workshops and yeah. photography. And so he went, and that's where he got. He got my engagement ring and then he came home and he was going to wait because we were supposed to do a cruise uh, with his whole family. Uh, but it was burning a hole in his pocket and he couldn't wait. So <laughs> then uh, and it was funny because he was acting all weird. I was like he came home from a home from Australia and I was like, I'm so happy to see you. It's been so long. And he was just like, hi, I'll be right back. I'm like, What is going on? How come he's being so evasive? What happened in Australia? And then. Eventually, he just, he couldn't handle it. He's just, he, <laughs> then it was very sweet, but it was so funny because it definitely was burning a hole in his pocket. Oh, that's funny. So how has that been for you guys? I mean, you mentioned how people were like naysaying at first, but you know, that, that dynamic of you both being in the same exact industry and, and certainly like working together kind of as a unit. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally, I'm kind of a quiet guy. I think I would that would be an interesting thing for me to navigate with my partner. It it has completely changed our trajectory, I think, because it allowed oh, us to yeah. do so many different things and having, so, and, and I think the, the reason why Sarah and I really uh, bonded, I think was, was our work ethic is very compatible. Um, because there's a lot of people who have all these ideas and want to do things, but they never follow through. And both of us just, if we say something, we're, we're, <laughs> we're just going to do it. Yeah, I'm very much of the like ilk of, well, I said I'd do it, so I better do it. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it, it allowed us to collaborate in so many different ways, whether it was the from the teaching standpoint, how we could, you know, teach things in a more efficient uh, manner uh compared and then even considering like the events you know having two people to you know with fresh eyes kind of kind of gauge things and create things i mean again uh i don't think we could have done nearly nearly as much of the things that we've done throughout our career so far if it hasn't been for having two of us yeah if it if i was by myself i wouldn't have been we there's no way because i mean if you think about all of the things that we do, so we we run events, we uh, do monthly live stream workshops, we do our we had our backyard concert series, we also do our online um, our online school with artist works, and like I couldn't do that alone. There's no way, and so uh, with how things are. And with how we, both of us work, um, it's been it's it's a very good partnership because there are certain tasks that um, I enjoy doing and I am good at. Like I'm the one that does all of our written materials. I'm the one that does all of the back a lot of the sort of back end paperwork and businessy stuff, right? Where Craig, of course, is the one that's got all of the all the camera, all the audio, he's got all of that kind of dialed in and he does all of that. Sometimes it makes things difficult because it means, because I'm not near as comfortable behind the camera. So, uh, you know, sometimes there's learning curves where Craig's like, well, you need to film me and don't, don't what do you mean you don't remember how this camera does? And I'm like, but I used a different camera last time. <laughs> so, but uh, but generally speaking, the way that we have things divvied up allows us to be able to do so much because... Again, are both of our work ethics of, you know, we said we do X, so let's, we got to do X. But even looking at like our musicality and, and having different backgrounds has been incredible to kind of mix that uh, together as well. So I, I, I really feel like we we're just very, very fortunate that everything lined up as it did. Yeah. And honestly, it was so crazy during the during the pandemic. Like, 
Craig and I have been around each other pretty much 24-7 since 2014, I think. And like, so for us, the pandemic was like, oh, it's just another day. Like, (laughs) it wasn't really like some couple, some of our friends like broke up and stuff. And I'm like, well, this is just, this is how we've always lived our lives. Like constantly together. That's just what, what we do. So I can't imagine it any other way, to be quite honest. Um, and just, yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so you mentioned the artist works and stuff. What is your day to day? Are you teaching like zoom lessons or is it all events and artist works kind of spread out across, across time, I guess. So the way that artist works, that whole program works is that we have a series of pre-recorded lessons. And we actually add to these pre-recorded lessons. Um, I actually, we're due for a big update um, because I've got some practical music theory for ukulele stuff that I need to put up. But um, the, so we have all these pre-recorded lessons. Students, um, when you subscribe to um, ArtistWorks, you can view every single lesson from beginning to, to advanced and you have access to all the backing tracks and all of the written material that we've created for the course um, and continue to create. And anytime you have a question or a concern or you just want to show us your progress, you submit a video to us. And then we watch the video and then we submit a video back to you. And the great thing about this is that in everybody who is um, a part of our ukulele school can watch said videos. So you'll probably ask a question that somebody else might have wondered, hmm, I wondered about that. And then all of a sudden you get to see someone's private session, basically. Um, So the way our kind of day-to-day stuff is, is that we try to do it like every three to four days, we'll check in and see what our cue is. And then we'll go through and we'll do a, a series of videos. I think we tend to have like nine to 10 I think we have like, what, 10 a week, you think, Craig, that we do? And the answers range between five minutes to 10 minutes, usually. And we just will listen. We'll look at what you're doing. And some people even submit songs that aren't in our curriculum. So then that usually takes us a little bit more time to answer because we need to. Yeah, most because the library keeps growing from these video exchanges, I I feel like we're doing less answering uh, from the lessons uh, because everyone's watching like these other replies that answered them perfectly. But we are seeing now more people putting submissions about like, I'm working on this song. How would you arrange it differently? That kind of stuff, which is really cool. I mean, that again, is it's like the best of private lessons, but you get to go through this at your own pace. Yeah. Um, In your pajamas. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty great. I mean, you know. Yeah, and from a teacher standpoint, like as you know, like you can only do so many private lessons in a day without like getting burnt out. I mean, it's just it's it's hard because it, you, you invest so much into it, and it's not just that hour with them. It's it's you know prep re- time, prep time, and, and taking you know all that extra energy and, and focusing on how you're going to teach that one individual who does learns differently than the next person, and and so there's a lot that goes into it. So we're very fortunate for artist works because it gave us the opportunity to still kind of have that one-on-one, but being able to put the whole curriculum out and and have people go through it, it was, was a game changer for sure. Nice. That that's wonderful because I feel like people are really hung up on oh private lessons, private lessons, but there's a yeah. lot that we already offer that can yeah be real yeah. to me. It's like it's more for your money. Like if you get one yeah. of the courses yeah. or you join on artist works you can get a lot a lot more out of it as opposed to that private yeah. lesson that is comparatively very expensive and yeah. that private yes. lesson you know maybe we can work on that stuff and take it further and personalize it more so so that's wonderful that you've got mm-hmm. a way to kind of maximize yeah. that value for folks <laughs> yeah and i mean i'm always just amazed at the at the there's you get the students who get really they like they submit regularly and you the great thing is they have this catalog of videos that they can actually see that growth yeah right they can go back and watch their very first submission and be like wow look at that (laughs) and then because a lot of times you'll you'll be practicing and then you'll plateau no matter what skill level you are i plateau and it's like oh man you can't see the progress because you don't have the reference, but this is great because you have this reference where you can go back and be like, "Oh yeah, 
man, my hammer-ons are so much cleaner now. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at me. And you can like feel good about yourself. So Okay, so we have all kind of come up in this digital age where there is that record. When you look back yes. 10 years at an v- old video of yourselves playing, uh, what do you notice and what annoys you about how you played back then that you have come to improve upon now? I think musicality, right? My chord choices have changed a lot over the years. Um, And my ear has changed. So like certain chords that I would have thought were too spicy, you know, 10 years ago. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. That makes me feel good. Like, And so I make I do make different choices now. I'm willing to take more chances than I would have 10 years ago. Um, even though like I still, (laughs) between Craig and I, I am definitely the more like, uh, I'm not taking that chance, but I am more adventurous now. I am more willing to try things than I would have 10 years ago. Um, I think the biggest thing though, that makes me cringe is like video quality (laughs) (laughs) more so than the actual playing where I'm just like, I see it and I'm like, ugh, that was that was not a good angle or that was not a good choice. And it's nothing that Craig did with me. This is all like pre-Craig <laughs> where it's like, oh, that's I wish that wasn't shaky cell phone footage. <laughs> well, that's all you had for a while. I know. And then <laughs> and then came Craig Chi and that completely changed. And he pulled me into the 21st century kicking and screaming. <laughs> well, for me, though, looking back, like <clears throat> everything comes back in cycles, right? Like I love in the beginning of my career, you know, I was doing a bunch of different things, you know, for a little bit, I was using a looper for a little bit. I was part of like this rock and funk band that was ukulele led. Um, There are a lot of things I I did vocally that was definitely different. And then it changes to more uh, deliberate and intricate, like chord choices, all that kind of stuff. And, and what I found about going through that phase too, though, is that, Yes, as you expand your knowledge about music, you know, you have more options. But at a certain point, you look back and, and you look at the audience. And for a lot of people, they don't care. Like, as long as the music is fun and engaging, that, like, so again, it, it comes in cycles. Because then I, then I started caring a little bit less about, like, I mean, of course, arranging all that is super important, but... You know, sometimes it's easy to forget that that music is supposed to be fun and it's for the audience and it's for, you know, uh, and and so some of that magic, uh, again, I think we're getting back to, I think that was easy to see in, um, you know, we did a few albums together and our our most recent one was uh, kind of old now, but 2019, we did a uh, Christmas album or a holiday album. And we took so many more chances with that one and we had a lot more... uh, relaxed kind of vibe into it but it allowed us to do so much more with it and it was so much more fun yes it was actually it was definitely a way more fun album to put together because we were like you know what i want to do sleigh ride but i want to do it like jawaiian style (laughs) like you know i want to do you know so we were just taking chances on things and saying you know what this song has been done eight thousand times how can we do it and put our stamp on it and have a good time and so we did we just like our rehearsals, we were just laughing and like, oh, yeah, let's try this. Oh, wait, let's try this. And it was just it was a lot of fun putting that together. Um, and it it came through and even mm-hmm. people were have told us they're like, it's such a fun album. I'm like, yeah, we had fun making it. <laughs> well, people have the opportunity to see you folks in person at your events, correct? You've got, you've got yes. like this whole like magical business model that everybody else is like, wow, <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And it's only two of us like the do all that I know, <laughs> magic, it's amazing, which is insane. The so yeah, we we've we are we have been hosting. This will be the third um, Hawaii retreat that we've been hosting. We are so excited. We get to move it to the Kahala Hotel and Resort. Um, so it really feels like a retreat because you're out of Waikiki, um, and you, you like, there's no one at the beach. 
it's it's just it's a beautiful place. And that one, um, it sold out, but people could still get on the wait list. But you can see us, you can see us perform, but we're teaching. We also have Jeff Peterson joining us, Brittany Paiva, Abe Lagrimas Jr., Brian Tolentino. Um and we gotta get you over for yes. one of these, Brad. Just let me we know. Actually, so much we, fun. we need we need to talk to you, yes. not on a podcast, <laughs> about about uh, maybe next year. Um, or not next year, but 2025. But um, the we've got that. We're also going to probably – we're going to start picking up our ukulele cruises again because we did like six or seven of them before pandemic. Um, and so we're going to start that up again. Can, that, we, can we hint a little bit about um, Ukulele Summit? So our, our nonprofit – we are going to be hosting a large-scale event with our nonprofit that will have – there will be a paid element, but there will also be a free day that's like, everybody come. Um, and after this podcast, we'll actually want to chat with you about that a little bit. Um, but – because it's just we're not ready to to say all of it yet. But basically, um, we are planning uh, some uh, some big, fun community things uh, with four strings at a time. And one of them being, we are going to be calling it Ukulele Summit so that we can have all of the ukuleles come, come to the gathering place. Everybody come to Oahu. Um, and the, the, one of the big visions um, that I have is actually trying to make sure each island is represented. So we want to have not only professional artists, but we want to have keiki groups. We want to have um, just, Again, folks, either Keiki from Kauai, Molokai, Big Island, wherever wherever people are from, and there are pe- the, the inhabited islands, come. Uh, because it's really, we really want to be able to have this. And it's a for us, it's going to be a giant jam, basically, where everyone is playing music. You're not just watching the music. You are a part of it. And uh, we are just really excited. Yeah, we, we feel like there are a lot of events that, you know, it's a one-way kind of thing, right? Like you you show up and you watch performances all day and it's really fun and there's vendors and everything. But for us, we want it to be interactive. We want people of all ages to grab that ukulele that's been in the closet, you know, come down. And I want people to walk away. And instead of saying like, oh, I got to see Jake perform, it's going to be, you know, I got to jam with Jake. You know, that's what we want to have. So every song that's being led by a Kiki group or performer, we want to have a songbook that people can download and bring and, and be a part of that. And this would be all free. So like it's, we, again, it's, we want the, whole, we want our ukulele community to come. And so that's, we've got a lot of uh, big work to do in 20. So that would be in 2025. We've got a lot of work to do in 2024 in order for us to be able to host a giant event like this. Wow. Um, yeah. So we're going to need, we, we're going to need our village to help us. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So this is something that we're really excited. We're really excited about. And I really do hope, even if we can't do it the first year, I really hope that we can include every island in this. Because again, the ukulele, it's, it's all of us. Right. Um and that would be something that I think is truly special. Well, that sounds wonderful. Can't wait to hear more about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I had another question. What was it? Mm, oh, the ukulele <laughs> community at large. Is the yes. bubble popping? Is there less interest post-COVID, do you folks think? You're probably, you probably have a, a better pulse on it than a lot of people I talk to. But I'm just curious. So um, one of the hardest things, again, that, that happened uh, post-COVID is that, again, a lot of the events, a lot of the events haven't returned yet. And a lot of big events that have are still taking precautions and making sure that, you know, they don't have those big sold-out shows and events. Because, again, a lot of the mainland, especially ukulele community, is on the older end of the spectrum. So we want to make sure we don't put them at risk. Um, so to me, there is an increase in online events currently, um, that is still kind of rolling over. The in-person events are starting to come back in full force, but I think it'll be another two years before we see the same numbers. But the interest has been there. What, what's been really neat is that currently I feel like there's two 
kind of mini waves of people with ukulele. We're seeing a huge wave come from people who actually started in the pandemic. And so a lot of beginner ukulele is, is kind of catered to them right now. We're seeing people come out to our events that have just started playing during the pandemic. And so we're kind of catching them up to everyone else. And for the people who have been around uh, uh, with the ukulele before the pandemic, now you'll see a shift in what they want to learn. So um, in March for our retreat, we, we were doing a huge catering to those people who want that next level of ukulele. So there is this kind of weird middle ground in between. So again, we have these, these beginners from the pandemic, and then you have these really seasoned players. So part of what we try to offer between our live streams and in-person events is hitting that 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 big spectrum of, of levels so that everyone feels included, <laughs> which is really hard sometimes, right? Because sometimes you, 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 know, you teach what you know, and then if you're not at that level or ready for it, you just kind of get lost, right? So we're, we're trying to be, you know, really be uh, particular about what we're teaching um, so we don't kind of uh, ignore some of these people. Yeah. And I think that, I don't think that the bubble is necessarily, I don't think it's at a point where it's going to pop yet. I think that like, as Craig said, it's like, there's two bubbles. Like you have the the original, and then there's like another one inside growing. Because the interesting thing that I have found is the people that uh, started playing ukulele during COVID, they didn't have clubs to play with, right? So they played on their own. And one of the biggest things that that has that has struck me is that a lot of those folks who did start playing ukulele during COVID were younger. There were professionals yeah. who didn't have the time to be able to play before, right? Because they were working more than 40 hours a week. And then the big shift happened and they're like, wow, I, I actually can play now. And so you're having a, a slightly younger group of folks who are learning ukulele. And at our events, they're saying, wow, it's so much fun to play with people. Yeah. They're starting to make that discovery. And I feel like that is going to actually make that bubble increase because then they're going to say, tell their friends, hey, you should play. Then we can play together at work. Right. So it's. Yeah, so even our retreats, a big yeah. shift in the afternoons is that we're putting people together in groups. Right, and, forcing them, forcing yeah. group play <laughs> in a in a very happy, fun learning environment. But it's like, no, you're going to jam together. The, who who wants who's soloing? All right, who's the rhythm player? And we're just making sure that's like, all right, y'all arrange a song, and in 20 minutes, we want to hear a performance. And it's really fun. Like it sounds terrifying at first, <laughs> and you see their faces, but like when they're done. They're really yeah. proud because yeah. they did it. Even if it's something super simple, it's like you can solo with one note. That's fine. I don't care. But just, you know, have something to say. Yeah, that's why I will always give so much credit to all of the ukulele club leaders out there. Because it's a lot of work. But, Heroes. But they're also creating, again, opportunities, not for only people to pick up and play with each other, but stopping points for artists on tour or, 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 you know, interest in that pocket. Like it, it, they, they do so much for the community. Uh, and I cannot thank those people enough for all, all of their work. Yeah. Well, that's an exciting angle that just kind of came to me as you were saying it. Yeah. These folks are going to be, they get to what everybody else did five, 10 years ago. Like, Oh, I love my ukulele yeah. club. These people yeah. get to discover that yeah. new, which is going to set yeah. off, you know, that trajectory. That's, Hadn't considered that. Yeah. Lots to look forward <laughs> yeah. to. It, yeah, it's really, it's it's been fascinating coming back to doing in-person events because I never would have thought. But the fact that our Long Beach retreat, we had at least five or six people come up to us who were like, I started playing in 2020. I started playing in 2021. And this is so cool. Oh my gosh. And so we introduced them to like a lot of the, the events and we're like, if you want to travel internationally, here are all these huge events that, that the ukulele yeah. <laughs> has. Because um, even internationally, it's still growing strong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think you know, in some pockets, yeah, maybe there is a little bit of a drop, but overall, I, I, the ukulele is still going really, really strong. Um, uh, and, and what was I going to say? Well, one thing, as you're thinking about that, Craig, one thing that I also um, was surprised about is a lot of the folks who are just now picking up ukulele, that it isn't necessarily because of Jake. 
It isn't necessarily because of Otasan. And in fact, some folks don't even know some of the earlier ones. Like we, last year, we were very fortunate, at, or this past year, at our March retreat, um, Myrna Kamai, Eddie Kamai's widow, came. And she got to enjoy an evening with our group. And many people who were there who were new to the ukulele hadn't heard of Eddie Kamai. So then we were able to take this great opportunity to say, hey, this is this is him. This is his legacy. And Myrna was so sweet. She brought his biography and gave everyone a copy. Yeah. It was so, I mean, so, so touching. And being able to introduce people to, and that's also kind of what spurred this idea with Four Strings at a Time of let's educate people because, you know, it's wonderful that you're in ukulele now. Here's... The, here are the pioneers that came before. It's important to learn about them and, and, and their stories. And I guess a lot of this information isn't new. No. But it's, it's how it's presented. You yeah. Know, and from the angles that we come from and, and how to make it uh, relevant for, for a lot of these people who, who mm-hmm. don't understand that the founding fathers of the ukulele in that sense <laughs> yeah. and why, you know, people like Jake play and people like mm-hmm. her plays, you know. So we, we want to take on that challenge and see if we can... Uh, Again, help connect the dots a bit more. And we'll learn a lot in the process. Yes. I love it because <laughs> yes, like every day I'm just like, oh, I learned some cool new thing today, you know? And it's, for me, I'm like, if I think it's exhilarating and fun, surely there's a whole bunch of other people that do too. So that's all part of, art, all part of the passion, nice. right? Yeah. And, and question for you, Brad, if, if you don't mind. Go for um, it. Because I, I, you've, been, you've been an educator for a long, long time and- what are some of the things that at this point in your career, what is your big goals now? And how has that changed since when you first started? Like teaching goals, like what I want people to learn kind of thing. Um, and as, and as, as being an educator as well, like what, what are, uh, like how has things shifted since when you first started? Cause like you mentioned, like, you know, the, the, the technology is a big one. Like that, that has helped change from, you know, just doing in-person private, lessons and, and and things like that and i i know you have a lot of content out there as well and and what are some of the big things that you still feel like you haven't done yet that you really want to do with the, either the educational side or the performance side oh well as far as things i want to do i think that hawaii island doesn't really have an ukulele workshop yeah. specifically yeah. there's aloha music camp but it kind of like it's moved around here and there but like a yeah. dedicated hawaii island Hawaiian music workshop I think would be wonderful because nice. that's where I grew up yeah. that's where I cut my teeth was at um, yeah. Uncle Kiyoki Kahumoku's workshop down in Pahala and it was so wonderful and that's just what I have in my head that was like that's what we lived for as a teenager is like that was the best week of the year hands down no question and I would love to be able to bring that to local kids and give them that opportunity yeah. through scholarship or whatever it's just connecting the dots and you know coming out of covid and you you'd hate to put all in all that work and then have to like oh wait hold on a second again and we I, we just have a different perspective now but i definitely that's something i've been thinking about it's one of those things you just got to do it and put it together venues are tough here we just don't have mm-hmm. you know everything since plantation days all the venues have kind of gone away and the ones that do exist oh. i was like crazy money i reached out to a place a couple of months ago i was like i think you just don't want anybody to come with that price <laughs> um, i mean i realize it's a business but holy moly um yeah but that's that's probably my main thing otherwise just like from a teaching perspective like what i want to share i think it's mostly changed to encouraging people to be bold giving them permission to just play music like don't don't just stand there and wait for me to tell you what to do. Just make it your own. Yeah. Play something that you want to express. That's that's been my main thing. Trying to figure yeah. out how to share that with folks in a non intimidating way, where it's like not pressure. Like you've got to play a solo, but more like mm-hmm. you are welcome to share whatever you feel like sharing. Yeah. You know, kind of break down that barrier of music's only for professional musicians. And you know, I know the ukulele really as a whole has 
made it a lot more community-based and accessible for folks. But I still think there's a little bit mm-hmm. of disconnect in general with music teaching um, that makes mm-hmm. it kind of intimidating for folks. And I want, I, that's why I try to like simplify, like I do the single string songs and stuff like that, where it's like, how yeah. can we make it more simple so people feel comfortable just yeah. trying something on their own? Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. my thing right now. Awesome. Nice. Oh, man, I love that idea, though, of Big Island having, like, it's, oh, you got to make that happen. Yeah. See? There's a lot of- These conversations make both Craig and I's wheels spin. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Because, <laughs> again, we're doers. We're like, hmm, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you make that happen? Because there's got to be a way. Yeah. Got to be a way. Very cool. Well, thank you, folks, so much. Is there any final closing thoughts you'd like to share? Uh Really, it's just a shout out to everyone involved in the ukulele community because, again, it's just you see it time and time again that that this community is so open to 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 helping each other um, and and having things done for the greater good, and I, we just always am blown away by seeing that support come together. And, and thank you, Brad, for all that you do as well in that community. And it it, it just it's amazing. And we feel very, very fortunate to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, Craig Chi, Sarah Mizell, where can we find you folks? What's the best way for people to get in touch and to follow your efforts? You know, craigandsarah.com. Pretty easy. That, uh, just join our mailing list. You can also send us emails through our website too. If you just, if you have questions, it's just Craig and I, so it might take me a day or two to get back to you. Um, we don't have a team. We are the team, Um, but uh, that uh, you can always join our online school too, of course, uh, which you can find through, again, craigandsarah.com. We do free workshops on YouTube. Uh, Again, craigandsarah.com, tell you more about it. (laughs) Uh, So just, and even if you, even if we aren't your teachers, and we've had some people who have said to us like, oh, you know, I'm not one of your students, but it's like, we don't care. We want you to just play music. And if you choose to, you know, have us be a part of your ukulele journey, awesome. And if you choose someone else, that's also awesome. Because to us, the important thing is making music and having fun and letting this instrument, you know, help you express yourself. And so that's, that to us is like one of the most important things. But you can always, you can always visit us. Of course. But as long as you play music, that's all that matters. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. And we'll catch you down the road. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks, thank Brad. you so much, Brad. I think Craig and Sarah are certainly on the nomination list for busiest people in the ukulele community. You know, it's really one thing to see all that's happening and see all that they're doing and then to realize that it's just them putting it all together, writing all the emails, writing all the copy, designing all the stuff, putting the tech together. It's a ton of work and I'm sure it keeps them very busy but also very fulfilled and it shows and just very grateful to have them in the ukulele community and especially here in the Hawaii ukulele community as that sometimes gets sidelined a little bit i think um when it comes to like how the ukulele is perceived in the rest of the world which is fine but it's good to also share that origin story and that lineage of the hawaiian music and where the ukulele comes from and make sure that that is a large part of the discussion as well the live ukulele podcast is published on the first and third saturdays of every month that's twice a month Please subscribe if you like what you hear on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends, spread the word, share with your ukulele club, your ukulele community that you participate in. It's greatly appreciated. Once again, mahalo to Craig, Chi, and Sarah Mizell for joining me. And if you want to check out their work further, craigandsarah.com is the place to do it. I'll also put a bunch of links down in the podcast description, uh, links to Craig and Sarah's work, 
and also some links for places you can donate money to Lahaina Wildfire Relief. Still relevant, still appreciated, still important. And there will also be links to some of the different artists and names that were mentioned along the way for your interest and reference. Catch you next time. Until then, keep on jamming. Be well out there. Ahui ho. Thank you.